You are listening to Zen and the Art of Triathlon. Hello there, all you triathlon studs and studettes, and welcome to another great episode of Zen and the Art of Triathlon, the podcast where you go long on endurance, and I am at Camp Orr, O-R-R in Arkansas. It's a Boy Scout high adventure camp, and we're down in the Buffalo River Valley, and it is an extreme environment. When we talk about extreme sports... This is definitely in the same realm, and I'm hiking up a trail, and why don't you walk with me for a minute? We're going to cover a bunch of different things on this show. Let's get started. You can tell I'm, I'm in a little creek valley here. This would be a gully walking up. There's poison ivy all around. Uh, trees falling down everywhere. Up ahead of me is a, um, looks like some sort of survival shelter that one of the Boy Scouts probably built a while back. And <laughs> we're here for the Boy Scout summer camp. I talk about that more later in the show, but even I was surprised at how um, rugged the uh, environment is just for this one camp. I've actually been backpacking along the Ozark Highlands Trail, which is like the Hi- Ozark, uh, which is like the uh, Appalachian Trail. I'm going uphill. I'm gonna be losing my breath every once in a while, <laughs> and. Done it twice. I grew up uh, backpacking a lot, so that's not uh, really the point of this show, but or this episode. But um, I do want to mention, like, getting down to this camp. It was a uh, wet gravel and rock road where there's signs that say four-wheel drive recommended. You have been warned. And there's a just stepped over a log there's a point where they force you to stop and with walkie-talkies they've got a crew of uh, older scouts on the side of the road that uh, make you stop your vehicle for a few minutes for your brakes to cool on your way down and we are a little worried about getting out (laughs) of this place but you know I was just in Costa Rica and this is almost identical in uh in lush vegetation just amazing the view i'm looking at right now um so if you want to find it on the map camp or orr is there's poison ivy is uh along the buffalo national river and again it's in the ozark mountains in um arkansas it was about a nine hour drive and we camped on the way up here. And later on in the show, I've got audio of being caught in one of their afternoon rainstorms in our tent. And also last night, um, we were cooking dinner over a campfire. And it got, we got a, a storm so bad, and it was quick, that the, um, we're in a forest, but the winds were, uh, so powerful that they blew over a tent and to have winds in a forest be fast enough to 
blow over a tent. You can only imagine what the winds were like uh, above the tree line. I'm looking at some trees, a fallen tree. I'm going to try to hop over. But there's another tree here that's got a furry vine running up the side of Furry vines are poison ivy. So I'm walking around that. Let's see. We do have some Zen stuff to talk about. Uh, one is the um, observing yourself and how you behave. One thing to do is remove yourself from the environment. So it's very difficult here to get coffee. Um, the internet is very spotty. And ooh, I'm finally joining the major trail here. I'm going to put a mark on the ground that, okay, the pink flagging on the left. And now that I've said it out loud, that'll help is my trail okay and then all my trail running experience really pays off with this stuff where does that trail go why is that trail different why is there a pink trail and then a regular trail let me pull out my map no internet on rare occasion you can get internet for like a minute and then i'm getting text messages out can't get any photos out can't get anything out but I can get out a text message to Emily that we are safe. We have 13 boys with us, three adults, three other dads. Uh, two of us are ex-military. One is uh, not, but an ex-boy scout. And there's uh, canoeing, kayaking, rock climbing, all kinds of crazy stuff here. Buffalo River Trail. Looks like a pretty substantial trail. I'm going to try taking it because it's supposed to curve to the right. So I'm going to take the bigger trail and see where that goes. What I'm trying to do is get up high to get out of the heat. If I get up, we're down in the river bottom, this valley with this rock wall, this gorge. I wonder if that's, that's the word, where the word gorgeous comes from. Anyway. And if I get up higher, I can catch more of a breeze. But the um, we, we teach the boys how to do tasks and do almost everything for themselves. And give everybody a job when there's a task to be done. And last night, it was put into effect. When that storm came through, it was scary. And uh, we started giving everybody tasks to keep them busy and it's very much emergency management and i can when we when it was all over actually to induce calm i went out and started cooking a hot dog in the driving rain to show them that everything's fine and it's actually pretty good and they uh when it was all done i gathered them around the storm lasted half an hour or something like that of the worst part and i said you guys did so great that was awesome now you've actually been through something together. And you see how you did it? You know, you each took on a task. You each did something and had your own area of specialty and helped out the younger guys. And it was just amazing. You guys are so amazing. And they are. It's absolutely amazing. But um, a lot of endurance triathlon, endurance running, endurance everything is uh, emergency management. You know, you just go at an easy pace and you're constantly putting out fires. It's when you have to stop running a hundred miler 
it's it's death by a thousand paper cuts or maybe they say a hundred paper cuts there's a oh there's a mossy rock right here i could sit on if i want let's keep walking it's death by a thousand paper cuts you know dehydration leads to not feeling like eating enough which leads to under fueling which leads to fatigue which leads to um but you've trained yourself to push yourself which leads to what's that uh rhabdo where your body starts eating itself and then poisoning itself with protein byproduct because your body's eating for muscle and you collapse and now you need a medic to help get you out where are you i don't know where i am which is um more emergency preparedness of knowing your location you know so you can get out and then also letting people know where you are before i left to come up here to record this is a nice spot i'm under tree canopy but there's no underbrush so a little bit of a breeze can get going i'm on a flatter area but i'm up high so this is a good combo i think i'm just going to stand here and talk and you can hear the birds yeah this is a good spot this is perfect if you get where the winds, uh, there's no wind and it's stagnant, then the mosquitoes will get you. But if you're where there's a breeze, it's a little bit harder for the mosquitoes to get to you. They have trouble flying in a lot of wind. Wind through a tree canopy sounds a lot like the ocean, by the way. I like it. But uh, on my hike up here, I told the two other adults where I was going to be, probably. And also, uh, one of their first responses was... Uh, when are you going to be back? So we know to start looking for you if you're not back at that time. Isn't that cool? I love it. Um, the no internet and no coffee uh, is quite an issue for many adults. And for a while we had no, um, no anything, just water. <laughs> and we adults can get so spoiled. But another thing... I was uh, teaching a boy. He was having trouble the first couple days. And, and uh, I said, you know, everything's hard uh, the first few times you try it. And then after a while, um, you start to figure out the ways. And the problem is, is in the mind, we like to compare. So you're comparing things on Boy Scout camp to home. Well, at home, you've been there for years and you've figured out, you know, the most convenient, easiest ways to do everything. And nothing's really a struggle actually but um at boy scout camp we started to figure out where's the outlets to recharge things where's the um and you're like there's outlets and i'm like that's what i thought <laughs> all of a sudden you're like oh there's an outlet right and then when's the right time to go shower and shave and the uh, bathroom and the uh where is the iced tea that you actually do find and oh my gosh there is a soda machine like way around here but it takes a few days to find all those things so you just got to be patient and patient and then if you look long enough you'll start to find those things and they'll start to show up and it's nice oh and the other part of this i wanted to tie in to uh, triathlon is uh, and we got a whole lot of training log here at the end. I take you with me while I go. Uh, mostly, uh, I'm driving around after swimming, biking, or running. That's the second half of the show. I got two hours of that. Don't worry. But um, 
up here today, I wanted to talk about the importance of recovery. And you know how you get faster by tapering, right? So you train and train and train. And then before a race, you take a week or two off, you know, easier. And there's a whole science to that, how to do it. One great way is um, you drop your volume by half. Keep the intensity, uh, but drop your volume by half every week. And let's say you got an Ironman, you could start three weeks out. And then you're, it's funny. You're kind of like, what do I do with all my spare time? <laughs> but let's say you're doing, uh, let's say you're crazy and you're doing 20 hours a week, three, three weeks out, you drop it down to um, uh, 10, 10 hours and then, then five and then just a couple hours and boom. You are so ready to race. It's insane. You're going to bounce it off the walls. With your spare time, you actually do things like get your, go get your bike tuned, go get your gear together, double check all your reservations, go to the race site, you know, uh, check out things, make sure um, everything is, uh, that you're really familiar with the course. Oh, we need to talk about Western States 100 because that is a course story for sure. And that just happened on Saturday. And you get all that done uh, with your spare time. But my point is, is that after you taper, you are so much faster. You're so fresh and all that. Um, what another thing to, to do is, is on occasion take a complete break from training triathlon um, from all the sports and do basically nothing. And that's kind of like a taper. And if you don't believe me, just try it for a few days and then start training again and look how much faster you are. Basically what's happening is you're plateauing. You figured out how to be the most efficient at the level that you're doing. But there was a woodpecker. Did y'all hear that? That was cool. And um, you're, you're plateauing and you're not going to get any faster uh, unless you actually take a break and let your body rebuild. You've reached this... Uh, equilibrium of destruction and a rebuild you know that you're now training at a level that's equal with as fast as you can rebuild and you're kind of stuck well i think i saw the woodpecker go buddy maybe he'll go again and the uh there he is You got to take a break every once in a while. And so a lot of people that live up north have this great opportunity. You know, they just, you know, they go snow skiing or just do nothing, you know. But in Texas, where I live, you can train year-round. And then I find myself in the, I love training. And um, I find myself in this opportunity that going to Boy Scout camp for a week and doing nothing is actually really, really good. Because I've gotten to the point where my plantar fasciitis is healed up to a point. Unless I don't train, it's not going to heal anymore, you know. And I found this balance where I can do about 80% of what I want to do. And you're taking away some time and then uh, letting your, your body recover. You've got all these different systems in your body that are running at 80%. Your uh, adrenaline glands, you know, all the vitamins and minerals, like all the stuff that are all um, not topped off. And then taking a taking a few days to a week or two off completely is actually um, really smart. And if you're addicted to training, like I am, you, you don't want to stop. And then you worry, I don't, I don't worry about this, but um, that you'll actually get slower. And I found, no, you'll actually get faster. <laughs> it's really crazy. So um, 
the uh, life balance, the training triathlon life balance thing is, is you actually don't need... I'm trying to pause every time that woodpecker goes. You don't need to look for these things, right? They happen and you just take advantage of them. So this goes along with intermittent fasting too, to improve your metabolism so you're not sugar, as sugar dependent. Um, there, there happens to be times in your day where you, um, a meal gets delayed. You know, you got a work meeting that's running long, uh, something you might have to skip a meal entirely. Uh, you're doing a blood test and they say, you know, you can't eat for a while. Cool. You know, these things happen. You got you to gotta kind of figure out the balance of, you know, so that these things happen on occasion and then you take advantage of them. And these, uh, these downtimes from training entirely also happen like, you know, a week at summer camp. Um, your spouse, your family wants to do a vacation for a weekend. You know, take those off and um, let yourself recover a little bit. You'll actually be a little bit faster if you do so okay and on top of that i wanted to do a little bit of uh zen talk i wanted to throw in some zen here uh, i have found that jocko beck and uh, her actual full name is charlotte jocko beck is kind of like my zen um identical twin in the most horrible way and that I don't look anything like her <laughs> and but I'm just saying I think the exact same way that she does everybody's got their different perspective on everything you know and um, when I listen to her talk it is so so much a blend of psychology and common sense and zen all mixed together that it's just amazing to me so if you like listening to zen try I really recommend that you go out, go out and find some old recorded talks of Jocko Beck. And um, she, got, she might have gotten into Zen later in life, but she's passed away now. I think she died in 2011 at age like 90-something. And she was based in Southern California. And she was one of these people that was so influential that she would basically just talk and do nothing. And people just started following her around and wanted to uh, be around her because she, her viewpoint on life and how things work out is uh, so amazing that she ended up getting a following without trying. And uh, later in life, uh, you know, these talks that she gave, uh, and she's also published a couple books that are fantastic. Uh, they're so profound that... Um, you, you're really missing out if, if you don't check these out. And I think one's called like Every Day's In. And I was just listening to one of the audiobooks. It might have been Every Day's In. I was just listening to it um, while I was in my tent, just laying there. And I was like, oh, my phone's got audiobooks. And threw in some headphones and I was just taking a nap. <laughs> There's a course here, by the way, <laughs> that adult leaders can take and get certified in <laughs> called napping. And I'm like, a lot of the adults, we just looked at each other when they announced that. We just looked at each other. We were like, what? I am so down with that. And they said, you got to be prepared. You got to come prepared, ready to take a nap. Like, well, you're going to be able to put your head down and rest. And I can, total, I can totally imagine this is going to be so much like a Zen talk where you've got the confused person in the audience that's like, you know, but how can I not be self when I am myself? <laughs> you're going to have an adult say, how can I... 
I just can't force myself to take a nap. This is, this is insane. And they're like, no, if you just slow down and be calm, um, it'll happen. And um, the whole point is for the safety of the kids is uh, you're a better leader, you're a better adult when you're well rested. So they're trying to teach you a lot of times, like for this camp out, we got to drive a long ways. So the importance of being rested so that you don't make a mistake and uh, get in an accident and stuff like that, right? Uh, as an adult leader, it's decisions all day long for all different kids, all different kinds of problems and yourself on top of that. So they want you to not be a problem and be well rested. But the uh, Jocko Beck talks, I was listening to one during a nap and the, uh, uh, the, it's a series of talks strung together into an audiobook. And there was somebody that asked a question. What was it? Oh, she said, this lady, I could hear, I can't see her, but she said, and, um, well, sometimes when I'm by myself and I'm sitting by myself, it's, 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 it's hard. It really hurts. <laughs> and she's talking about her thoughts hurt. You know, she starts thinking about things and this, that, and the other, and it's painful, and it's a struggle. It's very difficult, and to be alone with your thoughts, your mind, and then Jocko, is what everybody calls her, said, um, and she's like a grandmother. She's, uh, she's definitely got kids. I don't know if she's got any grandkids, but she's a grandmotherly type, and she says, yes, but it will get better, and keep trying, and it'll get easier, and when she said that, it was so calming and so matter-of-fact and then I started thinking about it. Keep trying. It'll get better. It'll get easier. And then you'll be better at it. And that is so true. We're trying to teach these boys how to uh, run flags up. It's called color guard. And it's complicated. You know, there's lots of little commands. There's probably about 15 of them all together, maybe 10. And, uh, and there's lots of ways to screw it up. And you're there in public in front of other people. So you're a little bit nervous. But yes, it is hard. But just keep doing it, and then you'll get better at it. And then it'll be easy after a while, and then you can be confident. And the same thing goes with, with uh, this Zen sitting, is to still the mind so that you can hear things come up. And what's really bothering you takes practice. And it's not easy at first. But just keep trying it. And then after a while, you'll get it. It's okay, you know? It's just like riding a bicycle or running. It takes practice. And then after a while, you'll be running six miles like it's no problem. You know, you'll be running off the bike like it's no problem. Yes, it hurts. Yes, it's difficult. But it's not a problem anymore. So I definitely recommend that. Uh, some Jocko Beck. And also, um, another guy here, uh, adult leader and I were talking. And he works in the computer field, too. And we were talking about... Um, programming and running, running, uh, streamlining things and making things so that you get more things done faster. We were, we were both agreeing with each other that it was mostly me telling him. And then he was like, Oh yeah. And I was saying, there's this, there's this new mindset where we're realizing that when you cut down on things and make things more efficient, we have the tendency to now with that empty time to jam more things in. That's human nature. And don't do that. All these productivity experts are now realizing that we've reached um, peak performance, you know, and you actually need the spaces in between times. I think I may talk about that later in the show. The, the second half of the show I've already recorded uh, before we came up here to camp. And the, uh, 
resist the urge to, um, now that you've got this one thing that makes things easier and done faster, to now that you've got more time, to jam more things into that time. Remember, the whole reason you did this was that you had more time. Time is actually your wealth and your rest in between things so that you're actually, uh, you're happy. And then another one that was interesting is you, um, if you automate things to death, well, there's a little bit where if, if you don't have interaction with people, then you don't really know how think, well things are running. So don't automate everything. Don't streamline everything because you're not getting any feedback anymore on how well things work. So there's like a medium, a happy balance. Automate stuff so that you got time, not so that you can cram more things in because then you'll just be stressed out and unhappy. And then also um, still let things not be so automated or compressed or streamlined that, sh- that uh, you're not interacting with people anymore or nature or whatever um, because you'll start missing out. Is that a bald eagle? That is creepy. No, that's a log stuck in a tree. Um, so that you, uh, you'll end up being unhappy if you automate things and to the point of, of uh, you've automated yourself out of a job. <laughs> because you're still humid, human. Uh, you're still you. Okay. And now, for your final Zen thought, before we get into the training log, is submarine and the surface. And I was on Reddit the other day and somebody had posted a question, explained to me like I'm five, Eli, Eli five, or however they phrased it. And, um, whatever the subreddit is, is, uh, Hey, when a submarine is underwater, does it experience rough water? Like say it's in a storm, like a hurricane even, you know, does it, those of you that are, uh, have been on a submarine, does it experience uh, the waves? And the replies were amazing. They said, no, that once you go down so many meters, and it's not that many, you know, 50 meters, I don't know, whatever it was, um, 20 meters, that it's calm underwater, no matter what's going on up above. It's crazy. And you can imagine the difference between, uh, you know, that boat in the perfect storm, like a shrimp trawler. Versus a submarine. And that is a very good metaphor about life. Is if you get caught up in the surface stuff. It is a constant up and down and up and down. And battling and pulling in the lines. And people being washed overboard. And slamming in the rocks. And all kinds of stuff. Boats out of control. uh, Capsizing and all that. And that's if you're living in the surface. But if you go deeper then it's a whole lot more still underwater and you can journey all the way across the ocean. You can be calm. You can be a resource for other people. You can do your own thing if you don't get caught up in the details and the why me. And uh, one of the boys the other day, just yesterday, uh, said, announced something else. We're around the picnic table at the campsite. And, uh, announced that um, something was somebody's fault. And I said, no, that's the F word around here. We don't do fault and we don't do should and we don't do wish and want. If it's something that you can take care of, then go do it. Don't want about it. Go do it and don't, uh, don't go around shooting all over the place. They love that one. (laughs) 
we can't curse and you shouldn't we don't curse around the boys but um when you almost curse they love it and uh don't go around shooting all over the place and the uh, fault is the f word and we don't use that around here i don't like it and we're not going to use it and um but those are the words that zen teaches that make you miserable and those are the words that the surface of the ocean are made out of and if you get below that they say that the submarine you couldn't even tell that you're under a hurricane if you get still and get calm and a lot of that is like what's your uh, submarine has one purpose and it's to go under and then cruise around that's it go under you have a single purpose and then you don't let the little details bother you right Uh, we're here to train these boys for example on how to be adult leaders and if you remember that one mission then all the other decisions are super easy you know and triathlon or ultra running um you're trying to become a better endurance machine and so you can just ask yourself is this you know this little kerfluffle in my triathlon club uh about somebody not helping somebody else uh, with a flat tire is is this making me a better endurance machine or not for me to get involved in that you're like no so just don't get involved it's not your area (laughs) that's their problem and they're going to be slower for it um that reminds me western states 100 went down and if you don't know about the western states 100 recently it was really fascinating and i was glued to it because we still had internet on saturday on the drive up here uh, Jim Wal- Walmsley, Walmsley, whatever, uh, a couple of years ago, he, I think it was a couple of years ago, he was um, trying, he was going to do his first Western States 100, and this is the Super Bowl, is what they call it, the Super Bowl of trail running. So you got, it's a qualifier, you have to win a lottery to get in it, it's the best in the world. It's not that difficult of a race as far as uh, elevation gain, and there's a lot worse. Um, but this has just become it. And it's the competition that makes it bad. And also it's, it, it's in the summer and so it can be hot, pretty hot. And this guy, having never won, uh, uh, having never run a hundred miler, I think, um, a couple years ago, claimed he was, he's really good. Obviously, I'm about to tell you why. Um, he's really, 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 really fast. And he'd maybe run some 50 milers and just smoked everybody. Whatever. He said he'd qualified for Western States 100, and he said he was going to um, break, not just win it, but break the course record, having never run it. That is a huge mistake, because immediately people start, um, vote, start voting against you and not liking you. It's really disrespectful to all the, all the work that people have put into it. I'm just saying from some points of view, like I don't really care one or the other, but I can see their point. And... Um, and also a hundred miler is not like a 50 miler, just like an Ironman is not like a half Ironman. It's exponentially harder. It's not just, um, twice, uh, an Ironman is not just twice as hard as a half Ironman. It's about like three or four times as hard. And a hundred miler is not twice as hard as a 50 miler. <laughs> it's so much harder it's so so much harder and the things that you you don't get to practice things on a hundred miler until you've run 100 milers like being so fatigued that you don't know where you are and even a trail that is well marked you can get lost 
And that year, I don't think it was last year. I think it was the year before. He went, he was winning. He was beating the course record. And with 10 miles to go, which to these guys is nothing, 10 miles to go, he went off course and went six miles or something like that in the wrong direction. By the time he figured it out, he gave up and quit. He didn't even finish the race, which is another kind of like, eh, kind of like knock. Those people that don't like it when pros like dump, dump out of uh, Ironman's, uh, um, same kind of people were like, well, he didn't even finish the race. It's like, dude, yeah, but still. <laughs> um, so I'm not sure what happened last year with him. Something, um, I don't know if he raced or not, or he, he uh, tried too hard or something like that. But then this year he came back um, a little more humble and uh, ran it and broke the course record. And it was very exciting to watch. And the crowd actually loved it because now this guy had been beaten down by the course. And when he, when he won and broke the course record this time, um, he actually had the crowd on his side. They were cheering and everything because... I, he had he had definitely respected the distance now and respected uh, 100 milers. Just coming in and waltzing through something and uh, acting like it's not going to be that hard. As uh, people don't like that. And now um, he had learned that there's a whole lot more to 100 milers than just running. You have to be really good at navigation. Um, not like adventure race good. But you better know the course. And that is something that only people out, I would say only, but usually people out in the very front uh, get to experience where when you're way out in front, you show up at aid stations first, they're not ready for you. And when you show up at um, intersections, they're not ready for you. People are just standing around and you're like, which way do I go? Which way do I go? And they're like, oh, I don't know. like that. I've had that happen. <laughs> <laughs> even not in front, you know, people are like, Oh, and, but there's nobody way in front. There's nobody in front of you for you to see which way to go. So you've got to figure out your own way and you're not prepared for that. I'm going to listen to some of these sounds here for a minute. You know, there's some Zen talks uh, that I listen to where they meditate. And so it'll go 30 minutes with no talking. When uh, you find empty spaces in a podcast, remember that there's very popular podcasts out there where actually they say nothing for quite a while and then have, uh, have the birds. Let's listen to that for a little bit. see another emergency shelter survival shelter yeah look at that some kind of a tripod somebody set up oh the bird went silent oh there he's back 
there's a bird here that goes, why? <laughs> All the time. I'm sitting in the tent and it's pouring rain and this bird goes, why? <laughs> like, exactly. It's funny. And then there's like, every once in a while there'll be a couple of them calling back and forth to each other. Goes, why? 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 <sighs> why indeed. Um, so anyway, that was Western States 100 this year. Uh, Courtney DeWalter, I think is her last name. Um, she won the Moab 250 or whatever it was. Well, she won this, which is really cool. Um, oh, what's her name? There's a girl that won last year, the female division, and she dropped out of the race leading up to the race this year. And she says she had gotten overtrained or she was just exhausted. And, um, that's what happens. It's kind of like the tour de France, um, or becoming the Ironman world champion, um, or trying to go pro you have success and then the media starts dragging you around and wants you to start doing a whole bunch of stuff or you have success and then you try to up your game. And what we forget, it's kind of like that whole scheduling thing and, and trying to cram more in now that we've got something streamlined and figured out. If you were good enough to win <laughs> or win whatever, win your age group, get top 10, whatever your goal is, um, you're already doing it right. You don't like do more. You just do exactly what you were doing or possibly even less, like look for rest. But there's a problem when people do really well, then they, or they like say they wanna go pro and triathlon, so they quit their job and now they train even more. Well, if you're good enough to qualify as a pro, then um, you don't really need more training. You probably just need more rest to actually get better. So you quit your job, but don't train more. Train, uh, just sleep more. Anyway, let's uh, throw in some sponsors real quick before we get to the training log. The ones I can think of because I don't have them uh, on me. I'm just hiking around here in the woods. And let's see. Uh, we got Martin, M-A-U-R-T-E-N, which is a fuel out of Sweden, which is really, really cool. It's, it turns into a hydrogel when it hits your stomach acid. So it turns kind of into a semi-solid, a gel, whenever uh, you drink it. It's water-ish, basically in the bottle, which is easy to get around, easy to drink, hydrates you, hits your stomach, turns into a semi-solid, more like a Gatorade chomp kind of thing. And then uh, then your stomach can pass it through a whole lot easier. Um, speaking of uh, hydration and fuel, uh, Salt Stick, who was on the last episode, I got a lot of comments on the last episode saying that he was a great guest, Jonathan Toker. Um, can you please get more experts on? So check out Salt Stick, they are, um, if you go to saltstick.com, a uh, thing pops up for you. You can get a discount and the discount code is Zentry. Wait, saltstick.com slash Zentry. You go there, then a thing pops up and says Zentry, or it says, what's your discount code? Type in Zentry again, and then that'll get you there. And then you get a discount. That's super cool. And um, they also have a store locator if you're outside the United States, shopsaltstick.com. And a lot of people asked, can uh, we get the owner of Amrita Bars on the show to talk about how those work because they're so good, just like we had Jonathan Toker on. I'll work on that. Um, I'm friends with him. Like, I talk with him all the time, Arshad. And he's, uh, he's fantastic. I got Amrita Bars. I brought them here on the camp out because they're just easy to eat. They're like a, just a snack. They're super, super healthy. And you can uh, get a discount on them. I think it's uh, either Zen 2018 or Zen Try 2018. I think he activated both of them and I emailed him and said, hey, in case people 
try one or the other. Can you make them both work? And he's like, sure, no problem. So try them both. And you don't, you don't get a double discount, but they both work. And those are just awesome fuel. I got a box of them here on the camp out. And um, when you get tired of beef jerky and trail mix. And let's see. Oh, they work on the bike. You can uh, chug along and eat those. Um, Hornet juice. So Hornet juice is this amino acid, basically a protein powder. You can add to your fuel. It activates your fat burning. It's fantastic. It, um, you just add it to your fuel, your regular carb drink. You could add it to Martin, M-A-U-R-T-E-N, for example. And it turns on um, your metabolism to start looking and searching and, and utilizing fat for fuel instead of uh, just glycogen. And that really ramps up your energy and that is, uh, and it's long acting. You don't get a buzz or a high from it. Um, you just, on a longer workout, you just feel like you're just not getting tired. And that's the fact that you're getting energy from your fat instead. And you can find that on the website. You can go to um, zentrathlon.com. And on the right-hand side is the Hornet Juice stuff. Um, right now, we can only do 10 packs. And we can only ship in the United States. Um, but it is being shipped by Amazon now which is really cool. So hopefully it'll get there a lot faster and instead of the week or two that it was taking. And um, yeah, that's the situation with that. On the left-hand side, you can donate to the show if you like this kind of stuff, these kind of talks. And um, you can do one time or recurring. Either way, I mentioned your name on the show. I think this episode, I'll try to get the names in. I might miss it because I'm gonna try to put this show together um, and I'm, I'm literally way out in the field and it's tough to uh, finally assemble a show and get it out with uh, all the names. And we also have a discount code that I worked on with UCAN. UCAN is a super slow uh, carb. Uh, it's a super starch. And that is 15% um, off with discount code Zentry. So go check that out. And that is plenty of stuff for y'all to use. Let's see, we covered Western States 100, lots of Zen. Uh, later on here in the show, probably right after this break of uh, going into the training log, I talk about the new Garmin. Um, right after I bought a Garmin Phoenix 5, they, I mean, within days, they introduced the uh, 5S, I think, 5 Plus. The Garmin Phoenix 5 Plus. So my review mostly isn't that. It's only got a couple changes in it. It's got music on it. But the Garmin Phoenix is actually the same watch as the 935, which is the most popular. Well, the 920 is probably the most popular triathlon watch. People are waiting for that to break, and then they'll probably get a 935. And it's actually really cool. Um, in the review, you know, I talk about it a lot, what it's like getting used to it, the things I like, you know, the differences between it and the 920, because I had a 920. 920 for years and years and years and um here we uh went swimming in the river and i it was easy like i logged my swim in the river as a swim an open water swim and then i accidentally hiked up to the campsite with it still on but then um it was it's uh oh we were trying to figure out which way is east and north and all that stuff in our in our elevation and i was like oh yeah my watch has that and i turned it on and the 920 has that too but the uh the usability and the readability of the screen on the on the Phoenix 5 or 935 
is uh, insane. It's so good. So, so good. And then, um, so I was like, oh, we're at 900 and something feet elevation, around 1,000 feet elevation. I can do it right now. Let's do it. And let's see. Well, now I don't remember how to get to it. Let's see. Back. Back. There he is. Altimeter. I'm at 930 feet. And I'm facing north. Right, about That way is north, which I thought it was. It's really nice. Oh, and we went for a hike. Let me get out of this. Save the battery. Battery life is crazy long. Um, it's, I've been here... I haven't charged it in four days. It's got about 60% of the battery left, even though I've used it a few times. Um, I think five days. I haven't charged it. And um, we went for a hike, and I was like, oh, yeah, I can just turn on the map, and um, or I'll just make it a run or whatever. And then if we get lost, I can do my, um, my trail back to the, uh, where we started. So no worries there. And then... Um, we were trying to plan another troop swim and when were we going to do that? Well, how, cause there's events like throughout the night and each night there's an event and, uh, there's one at 7:45. and if we go for a troop swim, will we make it back in time? And I go, you know what? <laughs> Hold on a second. Um, if we do the same thing that we did last time, let's see that time we started and I pulled up the history log on my watch and I was like, we started swimming at 6:45, and yeah, that gives us an hour. And um, this time we'll actually be a little bit more efficient at it, right? Because it's not our first time. And we will, uh, yeah, we can totally do it. And the other two uh, dads were kind of looking at my watch. They were just like, whoa, <laughs> that's pretty cool. And I liked it. Okay, so that's it. I'm going to sign off here, walking around in the jungles of uh, the Ozarks and let you get back to uh, your thing. And then we're going to switch over to the training log. Lots of audio around town, college station, me talking about the Garmin, uh, swim tips, all kinds of good stuff like that. All right. See you on the other side. Out, bang. You are entering the Zentrite training log zone. Hi everybody, my name is Brett, I'm a trap. I decided it's time I got some friends more suited to my status. But Joe, we've been friends for years. Hey, we all make mistakes. Come on dudes, let's go exercise! Exercise! Yeah! I'm gonna do sit-ups till I poop myself! Hey, hey, welcome to a new training log. Start eight. Let me look at my garden things here. What is this say? Where's the freaking date? Oh, June 14th. Anyway, I'm on my way to W to the ERK, and I had an observation the past couple days riding Zwift that I wanted to share, and it has to do with chasing numbers, and what a bad thing that is. So I'll train myself into a hole, and many of us will, by this, doing this thing called chasing numbers, and it's where you're training not according to how your body feels, but to... Uh, to numbers and you think oh but numbers are really helpful on some it depends the zen answer to everything is it depends and 
you know, training to heart rate is really smart, <laughs> for example. But because that's your body's reaction to work. But training to watts is and miles per hour is really, really bad. And I'll train myself into a hole by uh, trying to look at my bike computer and look at my average watts, average per average overall or average per lap. And uh, you're really trying to hit a number that is not up to you as much as you think it is. And it ends up making you have um, uh, trying too hard. And then as you next workout, as you fade and next workout, as you fade and you fade, and it, you end up just training medium hard, like all the time. And then eventually you implode and uh, can't do anything. So recently I kind of imploded a little bit. I was like, man, I'm having a lot of trouble biking. And uh, just by coincidence with the Phoenix, uh, the Garmin Phoenix broadcasting heart rate, I didn't want to wear my heart rate strap. And also I didn't turn on my bike computer. And so I don't have my average Watts, but on Zwift, train on Zwift, it shows your current Watts and your current heart rate and your current cadence, but nothing else. And my past two workouts on the bike, I haven't had average Watts. Uh, for this reason, I know it's complicated, but just believe me, I haven't had average watts and it's been fantastic. I've been actually having like really good bike workouts, just riding along, just reacting to the terrain and how I feel and my response to the terrain and not like chasing these watt numbers. And my watts per ride are a lot lower when I look at the average afterwards, but that's what I need to do right now to, to, um, train myself out of a hole uh, by just, uh, I still want to bike. I just don't want to bike. I just need to bike smarter and uh, less intensely. And without having those numbers to chase, it's working. So I wanted to share that with everybody. I got to go in to W2 the ERK. We're having a company breakfast this morning. I got to show my face. Talk to you later. Out, bang. Oh, I'm wearing a tie that has a Star Wars on it. It's got a Millennium Falcon TIE Fighter. Land speeder, X-wing fighter. Oh my God! It's got a Jawa a sand crawler on it. I just noticed. It's got a destroyer, star destroyer, X-wing. I think that's it. It's got an interceptor like Darth Vader's uh, Tie Fighter. It's got it all. All the good ones. I said Millennium Falcon. All right, out, bang. Get distracted. ADD. Let's go. Hey dudes, I'm back. Back in the car again. It should be Coach Brett's car <laughs> car thoughts. Alright, uh, real quick, I wanted to talk about Masogi, or it's Masoji. I'm not sure how to pronounce it because I've never heard it said out loud. Uh, and I don't, I don't think many of we Westerners know how to say it. But it's evolved into the concept of doing something epic and possibly epic once a year uh, and so epic that you train for it most of the year and that keeps you alive and in shape and, and just you know on your best behavior as far as health and fitness goes and, and mentally sharp and very rewarding and then doing it is extremely difficult Let's, for example, use an, an Ironman. And then when you're done with it, it, the 
reverberations, 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 <laughs> I'm having trouble with that word, is um, it reverbs, echoes with you for a long time afterwards, so it continues to make you feel alive and awesome for a long time, and it comes from some uh, a Western interpretation of the Japanese belief in its Shinto religion is uh, that uh, somebody went into into their version of hell and brought somebody back and to wash off the hell off of them he went into the ocean and, and washed off to get rid of all the nasty that he was exposed to when he was down in hell and um and so it's like a cleansing, and it's been twisted and interpreted into once a year, do something, or every once in a while, do something cleansing. And some people that are addicted to working out, like me and many other people, go, oh, that means somehow some version of working out. <laughs> and we do feel cleansed after you do something really awesome. I know when I did an Ultraman, I felt... Uh, I had a, um, a huge dose of, uh, of, wow, I can't believe I did that. And the first uh, time I did an Iron Man, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. And it, uh, and other things that are like that. And you just feel it for days and building up to it is awesome. And you just feel so alive, like everything's going on. So <coughs> anyway, yeah, some guys, uh, some Americans, uh, quite a few years ago, got hold of this idea and started saying, "Oh, we gotta, we gotta do the um, the workout version of this," and it needs to be something that you're not really sure you can even finish. So, um, an Ironman definitely qualifies under that. And when I heard the story of this, I thought, "This is exactly like what I was doing for years. I've had to take a couple years off because I, the the Ultraman, uh, wore out my feet with plantar fasciitis." So. Uh, but for 15 years, I was doing at least once a year something, an Ironman. And it kind of, I was doing it, it was working so well that the, um, it became pretty much my mantra, my, uh, my mindset. The way I was going to just go the rest of my life is do an Ironman, sign up for an Ironman once a year, train, you know, and just train for it like you normally would. And training for and doing an Ironman once a year, but for you, you know, maybe something different. It could be a 50-mile trail run race. It could be running a marathon. You know, it kind of depends on where you are and what your what, what your levels are. And then, uh, if if you don't get injured, and really your goal is just to finish and and have a good time, you won't get injured. Then you've got a plan for life. You know pretty awesome <laughs> of course I was very human and, and ruined it by trying to do too much <laughs> but the uh, up until then it was great and I really want to get back to it so again it's Masogi uh, some guy bought the domain and did nothing with it and it's actually there's not much on it there's an outside article outside magazine and they're talking about that they're um, and that's really that's all that's been done with it is this basketball player, he and some friends um, ran 5K, 
quote unquote underwater or carrying rocks. So a boulder uh, on a sandy bottom ocean, you know, wearing snorkels and not very deep, you know, it's like seven feet deep. Uh, walking with a boulder underwater, as far as they can carry it, let it go, come up, get some air, then do it again, come up, get some air, do it again for 5k. So 3.1 miles. That's pretty crazy. And that's awesome. And building up for it is like really exciting, all of this stuff. Uh, the thing, knowing what I know now that I would caution against is it's not that doing something without building up to it and the right training, like say a 5k carrying boulders, if you've never done that before is a, and they did something else where they, they paddled paddle boards, um, from the, from Santa Barbara to like the Channel Islands, like Catalina Island. And it took them six hours and they, uh, none of them, one of them had never been paddle boarding before. And it's like, no, see, that's dumb. <laughs> that's, that's how you blow out your shoulder. You get eaten by sharks. You know, you, you don't know what you're doing. Um, that would be like doing an Ironman, having never done an Ironman before, having never having done a triathlon before and not really, and just being physically fit. Yeah. But those of you that have done an Ironman know you've seen that you can be really, really fit and sign up for an Ironman and do, uh, it's very specific, you know, to do it. So instead you should, um, pick out something that seems impossible to you now and then train for it for months, like something big, you know, train for it gradually for months, work your way up to it, learn yourself, learn, watch how your body responds. Just do tiny little, you know, 10% more a week you know, two, three weeks and then a week off and then 10% more, two, three weeks and then a week off and get yourself up to the point of something uh, awesome and then do it and then celebrate. By the way, one of the best ways to get injured running <laughs> is to run, is to race a marathon. More injuries happen right around the marathon because people have, uh, they're almost done and then they really push it and then they pull something or whatever, but they keep going and they get hurt and it's um it's just uh you know bad form and my buddy morgan is doing something that when he told me i thought it was so smart because the thing i've heard that really so awesome i've heard it one time and i've been if you've heard it you might have heard me repeat it because i love this uh the healthiest thing to do in running is to train for a marathon and then never race it <laughs> You do all the training to get up to a marathon, but then never actually race it. Then you have all the fitness to, um, and you can look at your watch nowadays and it'll tell you probably what your time would have been if you had like the perfect race. And just like, don't go around saying that you ran that, but you know, in your heart of hearts that, you know, if you had your perfect race, that it would have been close to that time. Uh, yeah, like my marathon time on my watch, when I get really, really fit was saying uh, 2.52 or something like that. I was like, wow. But if I went out and ran a 252 marathon, I'd almost die. And basically that's what they're saying. You would fidipides yourself and freaking die. And if, if you pushed it to your absolute max over the distance of a marathon. And anyway, Morgan goes, I'm going to train, I'm going to do this marathon training program and I'm going to train for a marathon. And then I'm going to race the half. <laughs> and I thought that is so smart, dude, because a half marathon is that if, if you're if you're capable of doing a marathon, you're all trained up for a marathon, and then you only do a half, you're gonna have one hell of a good half marathon, and you're gonna avoid all kinds of injuries, and then you'll be able to do that 
all the time. So like you could tr- do a training plan for an Ironman and then only do a half Ironman, for example. And imagine like the difference, how well trained for that half Ironman you would be. I remember when I was doing uh, my training for an Ultraman, which is like a double and a half Ironman sort of um, over three days, the um, I was doing all the training exactly right for that because it scared me enough to really get me to train to a whole nother level. And when I got trained for that, I decided to train at the level of what I knew and researched so that my numbers were the same as a Kona qualifier. It finally got me scared enough to commit the time to like doing it like that. And my, um, I remember when I was getting ready to start my, well, I was in the middle, but uh, yeah, no, I was getting ready. I was, my, my training was wrapping up for that Ultraman. My, um, I was like, damn, this is what it feels. If I did an Ironman right now, I would be really at the top one, two, three percent. You know, I'd be, uh, I'd be really close to qualifying for Kona if I would or not. Because again, you don't know until you actually do it. You don't go around saying that. But I was like, this is what it feels like to be in incredible shape for an Ironman. But it took me training for an Ultraman, something bigger, to uh, make me realize um, what it felt like to be in fantastic shape for an Ironman. So yeah, just imagine that. Anyway, all that goes back to Misogi. Uh, look it up. Uh, have some. Have a fun read. Read the Outside Magazine article, and maybe think about um, you know once once a year in your life doing something, uh, you know, some big epic thing. Oh, but my whole point again is don't get injured doing it. Like build your way up to training for it and then get it sustainable so that, um, you can do it and then back off these things where you do something that you've never done before and you're not really sure you can finish. That's how you get really bad injuries. And then you, um, uh, you won't be able to do anything like it ever again. That's how you trash your body by the time you're 30. You know, you want to do this for the rest of your life. So instead, make it so that you can actually just waltz through it and cross the finish line and just be happy. Like train for a marathon and then just do a half. And be like, wow, that's pretty cool. All right, I got to go back into W to the ERK. Out, bang. All right, we are in the pool, indoor pool at uh, Gold's Gym, and I've got Kai. Uh, swimming. He wanted me to take him swimming, but me sit on the side and coach him. And uh, we're the only people in right this second. It's just a two-lane pool. It's 25 yards, but I'm teaching him some of the uh, swimming wizardry that I can actually explain to somebody one-on-one. <laughs> With a floaty between his legs, I've got him doing one-arm butterfly. And uh, also um, at other times with a floaty between his legs, a pool boy. Um, backstroke to teach him quit kicking so hard and actually relax and use his arms instead and get your butt up here comes a butterfly see if you hear that pop hear that pop whoop whoop that's a good kick he's figured it out so one arm butterfly with your hand your other hand extended out in front of you not by your side teaches you to really elongate your body it works your freestyle form and um, on every stroke you extend your other arm and meet it in the front hear that pop so good started off with 300 yards uh, 
it was either easy freestyle or 300 yards IM. Can't remember what I gave him. But we've been doing things in sets of threes. Woo! That's a good pop, dude. Feels cool, doesn't it? That'll teach you to do your butterfly way better. And freestyle. Once you learn to do one arm butterfly, that really teaches you the importance of streamlining and gliding and in a really great way. We're gonna do sprints after you're done. We're gonna do uh, three 25 yard sprints. Huh? Yeah, but with a little break in between each. That's just to burn it all in. Because you don't have swim team practice until Tuesday. Freestyle. Yeah, I'm ready. You got one more. He's got one more set. <laughs> he tried pushing off the wall and missed. But you've got a... So he's doing 50 of this backstroke drill and 50 of this uh, butterfly drill. And then a break. And... When you're doing drills, he's, he's really young, like he's 13. And, you know, 50 yards is pretty far, kinda. But a lot of people will do drills for 25 yards, but I've found that if you don't do something for at least 50 yards, once you have to do something for 50 yards, then you actually, um, you have to settle in and learn to be efficient. Instead of just, you can fake your way through 25 yards and have bad form and stuff like that but once you have to start doing 50 yards of something um, you start subconsciously figuring out the easiest way to do it it's gonna flip here oh so uh, one of the things I had him do earlier was when he was doing the uh, IM that's butter back breast free non-stop I had him do 200s three 200s IM And, um, and then that was 50 yards of each thing. So 50 yards butterfly, 50 yards back. I'll start off back. Butter back, breast free. Um, 50 yards breaststroke, then 50 yards free. And that's so that it was longer than just 25 yards. If he was just doing 100, 25 yards of each, you can uh, fake your way through the form. But once you start having to do 50, uh, you start picking up on things that make you faster. Okay, that's awesome. Did, now, your arm that was extended out in front of you, your right arm on your return trip, that was at the right uh, approach angle, okay? So many times when you're so in freestyle, you enter your hand in, and you enter it in and just go down. What you were doing right there is you figured out that you're actually a lot faster if you open up your armpit and stick your arm up straight over your head. All right. Now, we're going to do three 25-yard sprints. And I want you to take everything that you learned today and try to do it during the sprint. Don't revert back to bad form or entering your hands too low okay 
right hands go in squeeze remember on the breaststroke I was teaching you to squeeze the entry you know so throw that into your freestyle though like that are you ready go So good. Okay. Get rid of that dolphin kick this time. Don't do that this time. You're faster without it. Are you ready? Set. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Put your are you left-handed or right-handed? I can't remember. Put your right, put your right hand on the deck. Okay, left arms pointing out from the wall. When you, when I say go, drop into the water and arc your right arm over your head. Ready? And no dolphin kick. Do flutter kick. Ready? Go. He's still. <laughs> this is why you try to teach people the right thing so that they don't have to un unlearn it. Okay, that was faster. Listen, when you brought your arm in to start, you still hopped up and looked straight ahead and then went under, okay? Don't. Look at me Turn right now. Put, keep your feet on the wall. Keep looking at me. Okay? Do not stop looking at me. All right? Now arc your arm over your head and push off. No. No. Damn it. No. Come back. I forgot to tell you one part. Exact same position. You mean like this? No. Jesus. No. 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 Get back at the wall. Get back in position. Now sink so that you squeeze, in, squeeze into the wall with your butt. Yes. Yes. You squeeze and then push off like that. No. No. You still did the over and down. And your arm comes up over your head and the weight of your arm up in the air sinks your body down. Watch, do it. Yes, like that. Okay. All right, that's pro. Hey, that's pro. That's college level. Yeah. Ready? This is your last one. This is your last one. Ready? Remember, your arm's gonna go over your head and you're gonna sink into the wall. Oh wait, put your feet on the, um, put your feet on the ground. And then when you sink, lift your legs up. That'll sink you even more, okay? Ready, go. Damn it, <laughs> didn't do it. It's close. Oh man, he's putting on the afterburners. 
Okay, he's done. You're done. Let's go home. So that's about um, 2,300 yards. You're done. Let's go home. We're done. That was fun. All right, homies. Let's do a quick review of the Garmin Phoenix. Not the new one that just came out today because <laughs> I just got a Garmin Phoenix and then what, like four days later, a week later, they come out with a brand new model. But I'm okay with it because the new model is so expensive that uh, Emily would have been like, hell no, because I got it for Father's Day. It was like a present. She would be like, there's no way. Anyway, um, before we do that, I want to mention that I've had some uh, interesting success with the uh, f uh, metabolic flexibility, and I've coached some people on this. All I seem to be doing is when I get hungry and it's an opportunity to not eat because it's kind of inconvenience to in inconvenience and inconvenience to eat I just take advantage of that inconvenience and it happens like once or twice a week where I'm like well I'm gonna have to put off a meal and I force myself to go hungry it's, it's again it's only like once or twice a week and it seems to uh, oh force myself to go hungry and then delay eating and then that forces you to kind of go in the starvation mode a little bit it's like a very small informal uh whatever you call it, intermittent, intermittent fasting, causes the body to um, go, well, we're going to have to feed off of fat right now. And I've noticed that um, I need way less fuel while working out. Um, I don't get hungry. I don't get, get crazy hungry. When I get hungry, I'm like, I'm hungry. But I could either, I really want to eat, but I don't need to eat. I don't get all shaky and stuff like that, which is really cool. That's a big uh, improvement. For sure. Okay, back to the Garmin Phoenix. So the 920 was, my 920 is getting pretty old. The battery life is not what it was. And the 920 is, by the way, an awesome watch. And I was um, getting tired, though, of wearing a watch that looks like a kid's watch. Because the 920 looks like that. And, hey, I'm not being critical. It's the best watch there is out there for what it is. I wore one. Uh, for years so I'm not saying if you've got one that you're wearing a kid's watch I said it was starting to bother me um, a little bit and to the point of where I was buying uh, a, another watch to be a fashion dress watch and I'm like this is stupid I hate changing watches and going in between watches anyway because the zen in me is like just get one watch that works all the time why doesn't Garmin make a triathlon watch that actually looks like a dress watch so I don't have to go back and forth and so I did some digging around a few weeks ago and figured out that there's a Garmin Phoenix the Garmin Phoenix 5 um, that has a silver ring around the outside and that looks uh, like a dress watch looks nice it looks very uh, it looks Rolexy and just classic and nice and pretty but it's got all the triathlon stuff built in because it's got the internals 
it's basically the same watch as the Garmin 935, which is the, the newer generation triathlon watch. So this will be a review of both of those because they're essentially the same watch. And it's going to be a really light review. I don't want to go into all kinds of crazy detail because you can go on to uh, DC Rainmaker, for example, and find you know in-depth reviews of all this stuff. I just kind of want to give you my opinion of the new stuff that this has that's new to me. It's been out for a little while, so uh, you may you may already know some of these things, or may, and if you do, then you'll be like, oh yeah, that's right, dude. And if you don't, you may be saying, oh, that's really cool. So stuff that I really really dig is the uh, setting in it that you can twist your wrist and it goes, it turns on the backlight for you. It can sense that you're trying to look at your watch and it turns on the backlight to help you see the watch. It comes on a little bit too often, but it goes right back off again. Um, Let's see, multiple alarms. (laughs) You know, not just one, but several. And a uh, countdown timer in it. Uh, the screen is compared to the 920. Oh my god, the 920 is like a it looks so dated and like a joke compared to the uh, the Garmin again, the Garmin Phoenix and the 935. Basically, the same watch. Uh, the roundness of it uh, doesn't really seem to bother me at all. And the uh, instead of the square. So you lose a little bit of screen real estate, supposedly. Um, there's a uh, there's a widget in it. I think it came loaded with it that uh, shows your heart rate, and it shows your high and low. It specifically names them out, and it's cool because it shows your lowest heart rate overnight if you look at it in the morning. And I like that, dude. My that's really your true resting heart rate, you know. <laughs> What was your heart rate while you were fast asleep? That's a really handy thing to know. And mine's uh, 44, 48, you know, it's pretty cool. It kind of tell how well rested you are by how low that number was overnight. Because uh, I did a bunch of working out and it, uh, did, it uh, uh, was a little bit higher. It was like 52 by Sunday night. And let's see. Oh, the broadcasting of my heart rate dude this is awesome okay so it's got a it's got a heart rate uh, monitor built into it and it gets it off your wrist now there's an upside and a downside to this the uh, upside is it's running all the time that's really cool Uh, the downside is that the Phoenix is kind of a heavy watch because it's a dress watch and it's got metal in it to make it look fancier it's uh, it, it that extra weight makes it uh, want to pull off your wrist just a tiny little bit, and these heart rate sensors that are wrist bound, um, they need to be really close to your wrist, so you may get a little bit of inaccuracy. So if that is super 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 important to you, then um, the 935 weighs significantly less than the Garmin Phoenix Five, and the Garmin Phoenix 5S also weighs somewhere halfway in between those two. Um, So it weighs less, but the Garmin Phoenix 5S has uh, less battery life. And I guess if you're getting the plus, that's what they're calling the brand new one that just came out today. 
uh, that has less battery life. Okay, but let's get into the Zen Factor. I should make that a thing. What is the Zen Factor of this watch? Not having to go dig up my heart rate strap for every workout. Okay, at first it started with the runs. I'm like, all right, uh, I'm tending to wear my my watch on the other wrist because one wrist is thicker than the other because I'm right-handed, so I've been putting it on my right hand. It doesn't really bother me that much. I might or might not keep doing that. It seems to work. And um, and the heart rate uh, is pretty accurate, when I definitely when I do that. And uh, the band is silicone, which has a little bit of stretch to it, which is kind of nice. And so you can wear it just a little bit tighter and get some of that stretch to hold the uh, watch in place. But the Phoenix, again, is a heavier watch. So uh, if you're thinking about the 935, I bet, it, I bet it'll pick up heart rate pretty dang good because that's lighter and uh, tighter to the wrist. Now, the, okay, so that's straight off just running, right? Now, if there's this other feature, and it's in two different places uh, to go find it if you want to use it. Um, One is, uh, oh, oh, broadcast heart rate. And it only broadcasts an ant right now, not Bluetooth. <laughs> Bastards. But the, um, okay, so the thing is, is Garmin owns the patent to ant, ant plus, whatever. And they are fighting tooth and nail to the death to, to use ant until the very last minute until they have to do, until they have to give up Bluetooth. And that's why. When you're like, why? Why old Garmin stuff? Do you not do any Bluetooth at all when everybody's using Bluetooth? Like Wahoo's whole business model is let's do Bluetooth because Garmin won't. It's because Garmin owns the ant patent. So they make money off of everybody that uses it. So they're going to suck that thing dry until it finally goes to its death. But anyway, there's some upsides to ant. It can do multiple devices at once, not one-to-one, for example. But anyway, it broadcasts your heart rate so that other ant devices can pick it up, like your bike computer. So you don't have to put on a heart rate strap. You can just uh, run your watch. And the two the two modes are just broadcast, or there's a setting where if you're working out, broadcast, or both. Um, then. The other place that I've used it on the bike, well, was uh, Zwift, right? I'm on the bike, Zwift. I mean, it's enough. It's enough crap in my life trying to set up a bike computer, or set up a computer, get on the trainer, da da da, da log in, da, 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 get the smart trainer all going. Now I freaking forgot my heart rate strap. Where's my heart rate strap? God. Damn it! I'm like walking around going, I'm trying to be all cool. You know, where's my Zen Chill? I can't have Zen Chill whenever I'm looking for my stupid heart rate strap. Oh, again. And instead, it's already on my wrist. It's on my wrist all the time. I just turn it on, go. Now, the problem is most computers don't have ant chips receivers in them. So you have to have um, an adapter. But you get the adapter once and then it's done and you keep it with your computer. I just stick it in the side. It's a USB little dongle. I just plug it in the side of my laptop. Boom. It picks up the um, the heart rate coming off my wrist. I don't have to look for my stupid heart rate strap anymore. That's all sweaty and gross because I wore it running or, uh, yesterday or earlier today. And that thing, that is just awesome. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, I got a few more things. I need to go into uh, the house and get dinner started. We got a Boy Scout meeting uh, to get ready for tonight. We're leaving in a five days to go to Arkansas. Go camping. It'll be a miracle if I get this show out by then. I doubt I will. <laughs> but you never know. All right, be right back. Out, bang. All right, it has been... 12 hours, I think. Yeah, about about to head into W to the ERK. And I uh, had some interesting stuff happen. I was uh, reading up on the uh, on slowtwitch.com the uh, people pissed off about Garmin and it having uh, the new Garmin and it having stuff that nobody wants and it costs too much. Things like that. Slow Twitch is full of super duper experts and high-end users slowtwitch.com forum and uh, they can be very critical of things and forget like how hard it is to make anything that works but they did say something interesting about the phoenix the phoenix has uh the regular phoenix oh dude's engine's on fire (laughs) the regular phoenix not the plus that they just came out with um the regular phoenix has ant some people have ant plus uh, transmission issues, like it won't pick up power meters and stuff. And I've run into that before, where a watch casing is too thick, too heavy, and it doesn't want to pick up. For example, I have a power meter, power tap, hub, rear hub, and the distance between that and your wrist, you're talking about the very back of your bike versus the very front of your bike with your body in between it, outdoors, so no walls for the signal to bounce off of to help it and the thicker casing and up against your wrist your wrist is made out of water pretty much which absorbs the signal blocks the signal so yeah you could have problems so i would recommend that if you get the phoenix that i've got any phoenix um take and you have a power meter power you have ant because it doesn't seem to be a problem with bluetooth but you have ant uh, devices that transmit ant go test it and be ready to send your device back if it doesn't uh, work to the way that you want. All right, uh, last night we had a Boy Scout meeting and then uh, no working out last night. Although I did swim yesterday morning, my swim sucked. And that just happens, don't think too much about it. Just let it go. And this morning, my run rocked, see? Um, In spite of having two IPAs yesterday, which I totally deserved because it was awesome. And uh, we're in the last throes of planning for a Boy Scout meeting and it's, or a Boy Scout camp out and it's getting real hectic. It's getting kind of hectic, getting kind of hectic. <laughs> anyway, my run this morning was great. I'm running in those Ultra Escalantes, which are freaking shoes of the year. They're unbelievably good. More, uh, I love the Adidas Boost, but the Escalantes have no rise heels, which kind of feels like you're running barefoot. And they're just awesome. And the thing, the difference is, um, I think they're a lot lighter. Actually, I haven't weighed them. I could do that. Especially when they get wet with sweat and you're, say you're doing a race and people are pouring water on you and all that. Or you're pouring water on yourself. Shoes start getting heavy with water. I think the Escalantes are actually a lot lighter. And the upper is like this elastic mesh. It's freaking awesome. Love it. So I was running in those and I had my best run in a while. I think... Um, Strava.com is awesome because one, if you get the if you get the uh, 
pro version, the paid for version, you get a power curve off your bike, which is super duper. And then you uh, also, I don't think it matters power or pro or not, but on the run, you can see a gap, grade adjusted pace real easily. It's right there per mile even. And um, I think I was running a 920, I ran a 922 average. Uh, that includes warm up and everything, grade adjusted pace. Which is really cool. Got to run about an eight, eight fifteen. Uh, it's Kona qualifier pace. So I'm kind of getting back there. And oh, I was um, trying out. Um, it popped up in my Amazon. I'm uh, pseudo sponsored by uh, Martin M A U R T E N, and that's got a special ingredient in it to make your fuel. It's uh, uh, bypass your stomach, and um, or bypass, yeah, bypass your stomach, you get right to your intestines so you can start absorbing it and using it. But, um, and I love it, it's freaking awesome. But I uh, I was buying stuff on Amazon, a bike bra, <laughs> or sweat guard actually for Kai, and uh, for his bike, riding indoors, and um, the Gatorade Endurance popped up, and I was like, man, I've never bought that, and I wanna try it out, see what it tastes like. And so I got the cherry version, and uh, so I ran this morning with it, and it worked really well. Um, so Gatorade Endurance, unfortunately, is way more expensive than just plain old powdered Gatorade. If you just buy Gatorade powder, like the big container, it's really cheap. Gatorade Endurance is a lot more expensive. But it's got the magic ingredients, what I always tell people, maltodextrin. Basically, Gatorade powder plus maltodextrin. But it's got extra electrolytes and probably a little bit extra extra citric acid, which makes you crave water more, that tart citric acid makes makes you go mm, I want more water which helps you drink more so I thought I'd try it and so I tried it this morning and I liked it I had a good run really good run um, and I think on my show I try out different stuff even if I'm sponsored by somebody uh, I still try out other things because not everybody wants everything not everybody can get everything that I use uh, everybody, everybody cares and really, I'm trying to figure out, this one is like, okay, it's got a lot more electrolytes. And I'm like, okay, I could take, I mean, it tasted saltier. And I liked it. And I'm like, okay, now you could take your salt stick and add it to your Martin. And now you've got basically the Gatorade Endurance. And also, um, Kai really likes like sweet stuff because he's a kid. So I could give him the Gatorade Endurance. And it's easy. It is interesting though. It's clear. So my big problem with clear stuff is, um, I agree, it's probably healthier to not have food coloring, uh, but it only takes the tiniest amount of food coloring, the tiniest, one drop of food coloring, and you can have uh, your stuff colored. And I use that personally to see what's, um, what's, so I can tell in a bottle what's fuel and what's plain water. And I need to know, because I like doing fuel and then rinsing my teeth off with uh, clean water. I like alternating. And I think it helps keep cavities away. All right, I'm at W to the ERK. We got some software issues to handle. Can you handle it? <laughs> oh my God. All right, that's it, Outbank. All right, we are back. More Garmin Phoenix. Gosh, I need to wrap this up. It's taking too long. All right, let's see. Uh, other things I like, the Garmin Phoenix has multiple alarms. I don't know if it has more than two. Two's a, what I've hit so far, but that's cool. 
the uh, 920 only had, you know, you have like one alarm. It could be like the alarm for you to get up uh, every morning or whatever you set. But the um, the Phoenix, and I, I'm guessing the 935 has um, where you can set multiple alarms. So I'm like the alarm that I get up and then an alarm a little bit later that's like, hey, um, if you haven't started working out now, then you're late is another alarm. You could have an alarm to go to bed. That's like one of the most effective productivity tips right there is an alarm to actually uh, go to bed at night to start wrap wrap it up G as they say on the Chappelle show and uh, because then if you go to bed early enough then you're nice and rested so that your next day can be good getting up early when you don't get enough rest is freaking pain in the ass don't do that go to bed earlier and then getting up earlier is easy okay let's see oh the other thing is the alarm on the watch has a snooze button that is so cool. I think it's 10 minutes. I'm not sure if you can change it or not, but it pops up, you know, beep, 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 wake up or whatever you're doing. And uh, one button, the top right button is, um, you know, a red X, like turn off the alarm. I'm, I got it. I'm done. And the other one is snooze. <laughs> the bottom left, I think it is. It's so cool. Cause you're like, yeah. And then it's okay to have a snooze button on that. Because, it's, again, it's on your wrist and it vibrates and beeps. I mean, you're not going to... I mean, if you sleep through that, you might have just not needed to get up anyway. Because that's pretty intense. That's the best kind of alarm clock. Anyway, uh, let's see. I've noticed that the alarms, the beeping tones, stuff like that, are quieter. It seems like than my 920, they're not quite as loud and intense, at least volume-wise and tone-wise. That may just be a Phoenix thing and not a 935 thing. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Um, I think I may have mentioned this. I didn't like the uh, the kind of grayish blue strap that went with it, so I ordered the black strap, and it does go... Uh, it totally changes the look of the watch. And as soon as I got that, then Emily goes, oh, I really like the, the gray one, the, blue, the bluish gray one. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> They're 50 bucks, which is stupid. But anyway, if you buy a knockoff one, um, you have to be careful because the buttons that are the quick release may get hit. You need to read the reviews and get one that uh, says uh, that it doesn't pop off. You need to test it also to make sure. And then, let's see. Yeah, the, the Ant Plus heart rate uh, broadcast problem does seem to show up with mine on my left wrist because my computer's on the right hand side to an ant key and maybe that's what that is is that whole ant antenna problem you may not have that problem though it's just a thing and it's supposedly not an issue at all with the 935 and uh, oh the uh countless times i'm just enjoying i smile every time that this happens that when you there's a setting where you if your watch is uh, by your side or doing something else, it can detect the movement of you twisting the watch towards your face. And, and then it turns on the backlight. I love it. It's so great. And that is really handy swimming because um, I've trained myself to be able to look at my watch while swimming. It's funny to be swimming along freestyle and then while uh, you're taking a stroke with one hand, to hold your other hand kind of close to your face. Totally like terrible for drag. 
and uh, look at your watch. <laughs> but it only takes like half a second. It's pretty cool. But when you do that, it goes, hey, he's trying to look at what time it, or he's trying to look at me. Light up. And so it lights up in the pool like really well. And a lot of times you swim in an indoor pool, they're kind of uh, the lighting in those is often uh, pretty bad. So it's nice. Um, another thing that I really like, I just noticed it uh, this morning is, again, is the, um, the heart rate graph that shows you your lowest overnight. I think I already talked about that. Uh, your true resting heart rate. So it was like 48, 44. Another cool thing is it pops up. Uh, it's easy to find and easy to read your VO2 max. My VO2 max is 50 now. And so that's really nice. That's a like a super healthy... Um, that's running VO2 max. is 50. And then there's something with biking where it said I was exceptional. Where I was like, oh, that's cool. Make me feel good about myself. Keep that up. Thank you for the compliment. Uh, that's pretty easy to find and show you. And then, yeah, the results of your, um, you know, your guesstimates of your best times and things, which is awesome. And okay, so I've got a downside: is um, the charging cable that came with the Phoenix. I don't know about I don't know about the nine thirty five. It is stupid short. It's like a foot and a half long or something. I mean, come on. You're paying this much money for one of these things put in a three-foot cable or something because it's a proprietary cable which is also such a pain in the ass but i guess to keep things waterproof a lot of times they do that and so i got an alert i need to turn that off ticktick.com is really cool they just threw an alert at me and oh one thing that i really did uh think that watches should have all watches as an option is an hourly and half hour chime if you want it recenters you you know beep uh what time it is uh so throughout the day you're like oh it's one o'clock oh it's uh 9 30 oh and it's just kind of like in zen every time you walk through a door a gate uh, and they just did some research that showed that this is actually true, that you forget things and your brain refreshes. It's really weird. Um, so every time you walk through a, a door, you should recenter yourself and go, where am I? What am I doing? And the beep on your watch is uh, very similar to that. It's just a little beep. Because uh, when you meditate, you're supposed to, um, every time you notice that your brain's wandered, you recenter. You go, oh, okay. I'll let, I'll let it go because it's practicing recentering. That's actually the skill. And every time your watch beeps, you go, oh, I. Uh, what time is it? Oh, dang! I need to be doing this. I need to be doing that. Time to recenter, right? So that's a really cool thing uh, that has been missing on a lot of watches lately. And the nine. I don't know about the 935, I bet though, but the Phoenix, I don't remember if it was a, um, if it was a built-in hardware thing or a, uh, connect IQ, like an app that I downloaded and put on there, but it exists somehow. I the first, it's been like a week or two, a week maybe. And the, um, uh, so when I first got the watch, I put some things on it. So maybe it was one of those, but anyway, this now exists finally. 
it goes back on the watch and my watch uh, beeps. If you don't have this option whatsoever, whatever watch you're using, but uh, you have a smartphone and it's paired with Bluetooth, um, you, you can put an app on your phone that chimes every hour, every half hour, whatever you want, which is kind of neat, which I've been doing. So I suggest that. And I think that's it on my list. Let me see. Now I got to type back in to get back into my phone. Yeah, that's it for my review right now. We will uh, come back later with more stuff. Come back in a second as we time travel through podcast land. But um, a, a future episode, I'll give you an update on how the, um, the watch is doing. I actually have gotten used to it in just two days on my right wrist, and I kind of like it. It's kind of nice. It's working great. Good run this morning with it. Nice heart rate. Everything's picking up good. All right, that is it. I'll be right back. Out, bang. All right, walking out from the pool. Had the pool all to myself for a long time this morning. That was really cool. And also watching the psychology of the human mind. I had it all to myself until I had about maybe 20, 25 minutes left. I swam for an hour. And uh, then a attractive female got in the lane next to me. And I've known this for years, so it's it's fun watching it. How all of a sudden, if a uh, somebody you're, uh, I wouldn't say attracted to, but, because I'm happy, but somebody that you're trying to impress a little bit or whatever, because I've been on swim team my entire life, so <laughs> I remember this definitely well from when I was a kid, uh, an attractive girl being in the lane next to me or in my lane or several of them, all of a sudden you start swimming a whole lot better. It's really funny. But the reason I'm telling you that is it's a good trick to use for motivation. You know, <clears throat> I got to the pool earlier today because last time I swam, uh, I kept having to share my lane with over and over and over again <laughs> with new people while the guy in the lane next to me had the lane all to himself the entire time. And it's because he got the far lane first and everybody just goes to the closest lane and then tries to share. So once that's just what, I mean, I do it too, you know? And so the psychology of that uh, irritating me, uh, got me to the pool earlier and like significantly earlier so I could have that lane. And my point is, is you can use these things for motivation to get your training in because a big problem with triathlon is getting in your training especially for Ironman and it's drizzling a little bit I'm trying to be careful and the uh, if you're finding yourself lacking in swimming join a swim team that has people on it that you're like that you think are kind of badass or you want to show off to next thing you know you're at practice all the time <laughs> the best thing ever so use that let's talk about uh two things let's jump away from the swimming let's kind of mix it up a little bit um biking last night i started showing kai how to um make a website last night because he was he was antsy and didn't have anything to do but didn't want to do anything and i said uh, read a book and he said i don't want to read a book and i said okay well then i need you to design a web page 
I'm gonna start designing a web page and he kind of got through it a little bit and then was like is that enough like that and I said listen buddy there's two types of people in this world those who know how to program and or make web pages and consumers and the people who know how to make stuff have freedom and can do things and, and work where they want and live where they want because they have control over their destiny. But if you just sit on the wrong side of the screen and consume, 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 and you think other people are the ones that make stuff and uh, good fortune just hopefully happens to you, you are sadly mistaken. You need to learn how to actually make things. And uh, I showed them, you know, the zentrathlon.com. That was like my 15th web page site, whatever. Uh, and you just keep trying until something sticks, you know, and then you improve on that. I mean, that's like the third version of the same site even. So there was that, but that took a long time. And I was trying to show them, I, I just heard on another podcast, Weebly.com. So I was showing them Weebly, but Weebly wanted money like right up front. And I was like, well, that's bull crap. We're not doing that. And, uh, trying to merge lanes here and then uh, so we were struggling with that and then I went over to Wix W-I-X because I've seen people throw up websites on Wix really fast and that seemed to be a little bit better it seemed a lot like Squarespace and uh, Squarespace to me is like the um, pro level awesome site uh, and I didn't want to get into that so I was so frustrated man I was like come on the, the barrier, and I, I was telling them, the problem is with being a maker is you got to really want it and fight through all this dumb crap where all of a sudden it decided that his password wasn't any good anymore and uh, an internet, freaking, I was about to explore, edge, you right click on an image and it will not tell you the, the location of that image no matter how hard you try. It's so freaking frustrating. And uh, he doesn't have Chrome installed on his computer. And because <laughs> Chrome will do it a whole lot easier. Uh, and I'm like, because he wanted to put an image of himself on his webpage. And it was just so much struggle, you know, to get it going. And I was angry at it. I was like, dude, I want to, I know what I want to do. I know that doing it is actually can be easier than this quit throwing up roadblocks and let's just get going because I want to get on the bike and bike and so I poured myself a uh, small glass of wine and a coffee mug of all things with Kai's picture on it and uh, started drinking that and now I'm late right I'm half an hour late to get on the bike and but then after a while we kind of got going we figured out Wix was actually pretty good and um uh, Uh, so then I was all amped up and a little bit of sugar from the uh, cough from the uh, uh, wine and I was like you know what I am going to get on the bike so I got on the bike but then my power was low um, so I usually bike uh, three loops around Zwift Island the volcano flat course and then I thought 
you know, my power's low, it's getting late, I started late, I'm just gonna cut it short on two loops. So that's my training tip is, um, and the beautiful thing about training indoors is you can always bail out early, you know, virtually, and but physically you're already at home. So you don't, you're not stuck out somewhere and have to put in the extra miles when it's actually would be uh, detrimental to your training. So I was like, you know what, I'm done. And then I get off the bike trainer and I go in the uh, house. I'm already in the house, damn it. I go in the living room and Kai and Emily are on the couch with their mouths hanging open, uh, drooling uh, like zombies. And uh, there's a freaking Indiana Jones on TV and Emily goes, look, it's Indiana Jones. And I was like, so? <laughs> and now Kai's given up on making his uh, webpage, right? And I'm like, that, you're, you're on the wrong side of the screen. You're, you're now watching the same movie for the thousandth millionth time. You already know what happens and you've given up on making something that could change your future so that you can be a consumer yet again on the wrong side of the screen. And I started muttering, we got a, a warning that our internet usage is uh, too high and they're gonna have to bill us um, specifically because Kai's at home and he's watching YouTube videos right a consumer again and I was just like oh <laughs> uh, just stop it but anyway I'm a little bit uh, the, the whole psychology of that is knowing what I know um, you can or knowing what you know as an adult, you can be too hard on people when they're young to, to do the right thing when they kind of got to do the right thing too. And you got to give them space for them to decide to do it because if you force it on them, then they're, um, they're going to rebel against it. And then it'll take them even longer to get around to that because they're going to be fighting back against you uh, extra years. So I just muttered to myself, you know, and then I uh, kept to my own business and then walked off and said, well, it was a win. We got it. I got him a little bit started on a web page. And let's see. There was all that. That was kind of a rant, wasn't it? See, you can be Zen and also have problems. Zen doesn't solve everything. It just makes you self-aware of your problems. Okay, now the next thing is, oh, my swim this morning. Um, kind of a crappy workout last night, stressed out. And uh, so this morning, oh, I've noticed my past couple of workouts swimming that I've been swimming slower and keeping up with my beep timer has been frustrating. So I decided this swim workout, I've learned this years ago, you don't have to do the same thing every time. You don't have to keep up with the beep timer. In fact, that might be your problem. So I turned off the beep timer and swam instead by strokes. And um, for me, seven strokes on the right-hand side is really efficient and really good. It's a 25-yard pool. And... And I'm real tall, so that's like, um, you know, it's not, it's not like insane. <laughs> it's just very comfortable, whatever. And it's when I start off and then over the period of an hour, you know, as I start to get a little bit tired, that becomes a struggle. So that's a fun goal is to try to keep up uh, seven strokes and it becomes the entire swim and that, and it becomes a little bit meditative. And in fact, it becomes very meditative, just one splash, two, splash, because I'm counting on one side, three, splash, four, splash, 
five, splash, six, splash, seven, breathe, turn, right? I do a flip turn, push off the wall. And if I have the whole lane to myself, I just swim down the middle and I can, um, I swim with my eyes closed and there's a light with about five yards left on the side of the pool, you know, underwater light. And so through my eyelids, I can sense the glare and I go, oh, it's about time to turn. I open my eyes and then turn, uh, flip turn, push, get a stroke or two in, close my eyes and go across the pool um, and try and just to replicate and feel the water going over my body and, and feel the pull across my hands and just work on the timing. And it's, it's beautiful to me inside. It feels so good. And um, that's what I did this morning. I did uh, 15 minutes. Every once in a while, I'll look at my watch while I'm turning. And I did 15 minutes. And then uh, sip, take a break for a minute. Sip a Gatorade Endurance. And then uh, 15, minutes, sorry, 15 minutes, take a break for a minute. Sip a Gatorade Endurance. And that's, your, uh, that's an hour. You know, you do it four times. And it all works, man. It's really freaking great. I love it. Okay, that is it. I got to get my stuff out of the car and go into W to the E-R-K. That's it, out, bang. All right, we are back. Oh, I got something rattling over here. That? Don't know what it is. Okay, I was just getting in my car and there was a whole bunch of people around the pickup truck in the parking lot trying to put the hood up. I mean, like a lot of people with the hood up trying to figure out what was going on. I walked over there and I said, hey, is this where everybody's hanging out? <laughs> And uh, there was a kitten that's up in the truck and they're trying to get it out. But there was uh, 10 people working on it and I used the flashlight, tried to help and then I needed to get home. So after a while, I gave up and I've rescued several kittens out of cars successfully before you start them up. And I hope it ends up all right. And uh, let's see. I Oh, I was listening to the I Procrastinate podcast. And it's a it's such a great podcast because it is real research by a PhD that studies his his area of focus is procrastination. Like that's that's what he studies and, and the human behavior about why we put things off. It's such an awesome uh, science, uh, psychology of why we do what we do and why we put things off. Uh, I put things off because I haven't really figured out. I'm not, I'm not a perfectionist because I don't care about things being perfect, but I put things off because I'm just like, yeah, I don't think that this is exactly right. Just not exactly right, but it's not, it's not right enough, you know, and I don't have the answer yet. So I'm just going to put it off till I have a better answer. And I got some time and it's nice saying the research shows that that's actually a very effective way of doing things. Uh, putting you shouldn't feel bad about it because you put things off because you don't want to invest time in something and then it never even happens anyway you know so you put that's why we put things off to the last minute it's actually a normal thing to do the worst thing is to feel bad about yourself um but anyway the latest episode of i procrastinate podcast is out the the classic thing i love about it that is so ironic is it only comes out every once in a while whenever he feels like doing it and it can go months with no podcast <laughs> months and months with no podcast because he's just busy doing other things so he's putting it off <laughs> he's procrastinating but he doesn't see that he's just like well i haven't gotten around to it 
and uh, until but I have a new a new thing I need to talk about and I'm like dude you are it's like a web page it says you know procrastination.com and then it's all under construction and stuff like you are living the example of procrastination but I don't think he sees it anyway uh, check that out but I also wanted to talk about um, the reason I talk about procrastination and ADD and ADHD on this podcast so much is a lot of us are doing triathlon because we need extra stimulation because we have some sort of um, uh, attention disorder and to stimulate us we need to go out and exercise to calm us down that's actually a thing you need to get stimulated doing something else to wear you out so that you can actually pay attention at work <laughs> and um, I'm definitely I don't want to go into it in detail but I'm definitely on that spectrum and yeah when I go exercise a lot to the point of exhaustion I feel so good I feel so calm and I can actually pay attention without needing uh, distractions but also, this is uh, Zentri kind of started out. It's the very first podcast about endurance and one of the very first podcasts ever. And uh, because it was very difficult to do uh, tech wise. And so this is always, the show's always had a tech angle to it because I'm big in the tech. Um, I work in IT, for example. And I try to do the Zen thing and simplify stuff, but I love tech that simplifies. And. Just recently, I've had an epiphany with had some amazing results with a uh, to-do list application. I listen to several podcasts that uh, talk in detail about different to-do list apps, and um, but you know, in the past few years, they've all kind of figured out it's not the app; it's the person. You got to figure out an app, an app that works for you. It doesn't really matter what the app is, and I have found one. Just recently, I've been using it for a while, so I know it's good, but I found a way of using one that I wanted to share. It's raining right now, that I wanted to share because you, some of you other triathletes may love this. Okay, so uh, I talk about Todoist and uh, Nosby every once in a while. They're really good. Uh, Todoist is fantastic, but it's always, I like to plan out my day and Todoist doesn't have like a real calendar. And there's this one that's very similar to 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 to, to Todoist called TickTick.com, and it also has a um, it has a calendar, a real freaking calendar. It only does week view and month view. I wish it did day view, you know, so you could really see see stuff by the hour. But I've kind of gotten used to it, and I've worked around it. Um, Oh, and it does subtasks, and you can reorder subtasks and drag things out of subtasks as in, into full-blown tasks. And it's got folders and lists. So they kind of they work kind of like projects. So you have all these different projects and stuff that you're working on, and you can put things, you, you timestamp things when you want to do them, and then also you can. Um, it's got repeating tasks, you know, time of day, stuff like that. So it's full-blown. It is awesome. But with the calendar. I've realized you can put, you can, you can create tasks or move your current tasks onto a calendar and then see the calendar view. And you can drag, just like, it looks so much like Google Calendar, it's fantastic. And I think you can integrate it with Google Calendar somewhat. Um, but you can drag the, the length, just like on Google Calendar, the length of, a, um, of an item. You can say, this is uh, not 30 minutes, this is gonna take about an hour, you know? 
and but what's awesome is you can put your things on the calendar and they're color coded by list that you, that you've got and it just looks good it just works and then you can see your day or your week or you can recently I figured out don't try to cram it in today take that task if it's not really 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 due today and put it on a day in the future like tomorrow or a couple days from now and put it there and then um, now it's you're gonna do it but you're gonna do it then and you can visualize it and you can see how much of your day is gonna be taken up with stuff you can put your workouts on it I've got my run bike and swim all those different items and they're repeating um, uh, swims or Monday, Wednesday, Friday. They just repeat. And you can put in comments of like how it went and everything. And um, the, uh, yeah, the runs, you know, repeat. And you check it off and then another one pops up two days later on the calendar. <laughs> runs, are, runs and bikes are like the next day. It pops up again. And But then you can drag and drop it and go, no, you know, I don't want to run in the morning. I want to run in the, uh, I want to run in the afternoon evening and it moves it and it's awesome and what I totally figured out that really works for me uh, because there's a problem where if you get too many tasks undone right um, it just ends up this big list and then you don't feel like doing it. it's just too overwhelming in a weird way to me it doesn't feel overwhelming I just start ignoring it it's like when you have too many notifications on your phone you start ignoring them well, you just start ignoring the list. And uh, then you have trouble seeing items on the list because there's too many that you can't see. You can't see a tree for the forest. Is <laughs> kind of the way, the reverse way of putting it. But when it's on my calendar uh, and, you, and you check off something as done, right? Uh, it it fades it it's still the same color but it's faded it's like washed out looking so you can totally tell it's done so you can tell what's undone and then for me that really works i can look at yesterday and see the things that were undone and then on the calendar drag and move them to a better appropriate time more appropriate time today or tomorrow or the next day and then try again on that day when i have more space and it is awesome. It's so good. I'm so happy. I was showing somebody today. I showed two people today how it does that. And they were like, whoa, that is awesome. Okay. And then the other thing that's awesome about it is, yes, it's web-based. They may have they may have a Windows and a Mac app. I don't know, whatever, you know, like a desktop app. But web-based is great because you can get to it from anywhere. And they have, um, it's all tied together with the uh, mobile they have a mobile app say for example i don't know if they have android they probably i'm sure they do but they have android uh, ios and the critical thing is that it opens because it's an app on your phone you just press the button it opens it's got like today and then a quick add button and it's got smart language in it so i was walking out to my car and even with all the kitten stuff going on I said, uh, I was like, oh yeah, I need to put the cargo, I need to take the bike rack off my car and I need to put on the cargo carrier on the back of my car instead. You know, it's a trailer hitch thing for this uh, Boy Scout camp out. And, um, and as I was doing it, I was like, you know, I gotta, I'm already doing several other things tonight. I'll do it tomorrow. So it's got smart language in it. So I wrote, put cargo carrier on car tomorrow. 
and it went it saved it but it put it on the list for tomorrow so it'll be there's a holder place at the top of the calendar for things that don't have a specific time you know it's just generic it's like all day on google calendar and um but then i can grab it and drag it and then when i actually go back and sit down in front of a computer i can drag it and move it to an appropriate time to put uh, a more appropriate time to actually do it and that the you got if you're gonna do the the gtd system which is super famous getting things done system they say it's absolutely critical is you got to have a place to put your tasks as soon as you think of them and it's a safe place where you know they're gonna go and uh and it's got to be a consistent place. And then when you go to see, hey, what should I do next? You can go to that place and it's got all your tasks in it. It's got to be fast. It's got to, you got to be able to write it down quickly. And um, an app on your phone that's one button press opens up and then another button press and then you can type it in and it puts it in the right place. is just awesome. Absolutely awesome. So I wanted to really recommend uh, ticktick.com for uh, you people out there because again, so many of you triathletes, you're doing triathlon because you're a little bit, um, you're type A, you're super productive, you like, like get stuff done, and you're gonna get this triathlon training done too, but then it becomes very difficult to uh, juggle all the things that you're doing and remember them. Oh, and I really like it that I can look back on my calendar and go, when did I do that thing? And now it's... All right, I'm outside in the backyard this morning the birds are out we got cut off last night with the uh <laughs> with the talking about um tick tick i think and task listing and such i was showing uh kai last night because we like to sit down and plan out his day for the next day and um, i was showing him how i do it and to actually how much free time you've got when you uh, you just put a few things on your to-do list, but then put some buffers and margins around them because things always take longer than you than you think. <sighs> like say you have Google Calendar and you put items on there. Do not fill up your Google Calendar minute by minute, hour by hour. You want um, space in between. It's really, really nice. And then that gives you a sense of freedom and that you're more in control and that you can choose and move things around. And... Uh, I said, yeah, just look how I do it here. Like that, put that down. He's got a pack. And um, see, there's a couple other things he had to do. Oh, we're gonna work on building his webpage, but just like one thing a day and stuff like that. It's summer, he's out of school. He doesn't need a ton of stuff to do. And let's see, just got off the bike. And uh, oh, we got dogs behind us. Zoe, behave. They're wandering around their yard inspecting. Had a lot of rain yesterday, and now it's blue skies. Went for a run last night and posted a real pretty picture on Instagram of the wet sidewalk and the, the green trees and the sunset going down, the orange color, and uh, being out in the, it's not really in the woods really, but I mean, there's trees all around and it's thick and you're going through them. Um, but it's really good, like relaxing and nice. And I could tell because I noticed uh, when I quit doing that for a while, I um, was getting like mild depression from missing out on it. <laughs> oh, 
There we go. Zoe, let's go inside. Come on, girl. But anyway, I got up this morning and did uh, Zwift and the Volcano Flat. For my weight and my uh, average watts, a good ride is I can ride the Volcano Flat route three times. And I found it, even though it's the same thing three times, I found the uh, repetition to actually be uh, uh, really good because I can focus on, was I a little bit faster than last time? a little bit slower and then uh, try to figure out why and it's good it's good stuff had a really good ride got off the bike and did uh, carbonated water came out here to check the chlorine levels in the pool because I haven't in a couple days empty the skimmers Zoe come on Zoe let's go she didn't she didn't listen <laughs> I don't want to walk through the grass with dog turds in barefoot Okay, now we're in the Zentri kitchen studios. And um, yeah, the, uh, the Zwift thing with taking off the uh, average power is, uh, oh my gosh, that's so much better. So much better, I'm enjoying that so much. And oh, I have a feeling of uh, using the Tick Tick stuff uh, today I have a, I got up this morning early, you know, and then looked at what I didn't finish yesterday and kind of started moving things around to today. And I really do have a sense of, of, um, calm. You can tell cause of the way I'm talking. I have a sense of calm and confidence, uh, that I know what I'm supposed to do today. And the things that I don't know, I can easily go look up um, and that they're spaced out evenly. And the things, come, we've got a lot coming up really soon and that those are um, doable. And it's a definite change by using the uh, calendar option. That's it. Uh, I'll be back in just a minute. I need to have a little snack. Out, bang. All right. Training log continues. We've got to be almost done now. I've got enough stuff. <laughs> but I did come across something really cool. I was late to work this morning because I couldn't find my phone. And my phone is black. And then it's got a black case, a clear case. That's black. And then um, it was on a black chair. And I was looking all over the house for it. I couldn't find it. And while I was looking for it, I started playing around my watch, trying to uh, remember, or I wasn't sure where it was, so I guess trying to locate, because uh, it's like I'm certain there's like a thing on the phone, because it's connected, the thing on a watch, on the watch, a thing on the watch, Jesus, where... It'll help me find the phone because they're connected by Bluetooth. I found the thing on the phone. It's in the Garmin Connect app where it'll help you find your watch. It'll make the watch beep. But I'm like, I think it goes the other way because I remember seeing a Garmin 230 or 235 a couple years ago that did that. And this thing's supposed to be more advanced, a better watch. And it's like, hmm. And... After I finally found my phone, 
uh, by having Kai call it. I uh, got to work as fast as I could. And then after a little while, I sat down. I put on Tick Tick a uh, task. Look up how to find your watch, your phone, Jesus. How to find your phone with your watch. Can your watch do that? And I uh, typed that in. There's a, how to search for things on Google is a skill you develop over time. You type it almost exactly as you would say it to somebody. How do I find my watch, my phone, geez, with Garmin Phoenix? And then the next best thing along with that is to um, try to find videos because videos, you know, show you how it's actually done. And so there's a YouTube video, and yeah, you uh, press the light button that turns on the backlight on your, um, oh, Kai sent me a text message, what does it say? What does it say? It says, okay. <laughs> Great. And then, uh, around the outer rim of the watch, uh, some icons show up and one of them is a looks like an old phone receiver and a question mark it's kind of like where's my phone where's phone where phone new phone who dis and um, you select that and your phone if it's connected to your watch because that can you can it happens all the time actually it's pretty crazy uh, your phone doesn't know where your watch is. Uh, but if, they, uh, if they're connected by Bluetooth, it will uh, ring it. And the ring is a really good ring. It's a low low to high pitch. Like it rolls through it like... Like that. And... I was appreciative of that. That's like the default one that's in there. I don't know if you can change it or not. But I was really appreciative of that because if it just rang your phone, and, and by the way, you should change your ringer to something like that if you can because having a variety of pitches roll through makes it a whole lot easier to hear your phone in different situations um, over different noise. You can be a place in a place with a whole lot of high-pitched stuff and you can't hear your phone because your phone's emitting only a low-pitched ring. Um, or vice versa. And the fact that the ring was uh, a scroll through of tones was uh, really, I was like, man, that's good. Thank you. Thank you for doing it right. So that's really cool. The um, 935 has it as well. Phoenix, you can reverse locate. You can find your phone if you uh, press certain buttons on your watch and you're close enough to your watch. Oh, and the other thing it does is the outer ring of the watch um, lights up with a color scale and the closer you get to your phone, the more it lights up. It uses the, the Bluetooth uh, signal quality. It's like, man, he's, uh, he, he's close. <laughs> it's like a game of... of 
uh, hot and cold. It's pretty neat. That's really cool too that they added that. And I guess uh, I really like this because the the joke around the house is um, Emily is always walking around asking where her purse is. You know, where's my purse? She's trying to leave uh, or she's looking for something that's always in her purse and she doesn't know where she put her purse down. Where's my purse? Where's my purse? And I teased her all the time and, and Kai did too until she pointed out how much I say, uh, where's my phone? <laughs> and I do. I say it all the time. Where's my phone? Every time I say it, I've, I, uh, now this has been going on for a couple of years now. I notice it and I'm like, man, I say it a lot. Where's my phone? And now I don't need to say it as much. I can just, uh, press the button on my watch. So that's really cool. Okay. There's another thing I noticed that's really cool is when you put the, uh, phone on the charger, cause I needed to do that today, not the phone, the watch on the charger with the charge cable, the ridiculously short charge cable, um, because of the nice screen with lots of colors on it, that's nice and bright on the phone. God dang, I'm all backwards on the watch. The they use the watch to show you how much uh, charge your uh, what percentage of charge your your watch has in a really cool way. Um, they, they turn the whole watch face into a pie graph of bright green. And because I picked up my watch, I was like, I wonder how much more charge it needs. And I turned my watch over because it was happened to be laying face down and to, to look. And I was expecting to see like a little battery icon and, it, and, a, and a percentage sign like 8% or 50% or whatever. And you have to squint, kind of see it. No, like the whole face of the watch was uh, was a graph, a pie chart, <laughs> and and giant letters on top of it, taking up the whole screen. It said seventy five percent. So there was a twenty five percent chunk missing out of the green uh, big dot, you know, that took up the whole watch screen, and that was really cool. I was like, man, that's nice. That's good use of the screen. Y'all did it right. Anyway, I got to eat, man. I think that's why I'm having trouble remembering what's what because I am uh, hungry and eat and grab a haircut. It's going to get hot while we're camping, so I'm going to get my hair trimmed down so I'm not as hot. Out bang. After some beans. All right leaving the pool got a cool training tip for you the first uh after i swim i have i bring in with me some type of food and usually it's an amrita bar i got one right here in my hand cranberry raisin it's really good so i get out shower brush my teeth in the shower swim with ultra swim shampoo which is an anti-chlorine shampoo conditioner brush my teeth while i'm still in the shower <laughs> I figure I'm already wet, so might as well just do that then. Otherwise, I keep putting it off, and sometimes I forget. And then uh, I go to my locker, and while I'm getting dressed, I eat that Amrita bar. So it's date-based, date and seeds, no nuts. So if you have a nut allergy, it's really good. And lots of fiber, it's easy on the stomach. You can actually eat it while on the bike, exercising, 
and I've run and snacked on them too. That's how easy they are on the stomach. And then um, discount code ZEN2018 or ZENTRY2018, your choice. Try them both, see what happens. And you can get a nice little discount. I can't remember if it's 10 or 15%, I'll have it in front of me, but it's a nice little discount on uh, ordering them online. It's really good. Good stuff, eh? What else is in my pocket? I got another Amrita bar from yesterday. This one's a mango coconut. Oh my gosh. That's my favorite flavor, by the way. And then they have some recovery bars and they have little pouches of snacks. But anyway, I'm leaving the parking lot watching people walk in. Hurrying up, trying to get in as fast as they can. But I was swimming and I was doing 15-minute blocks. 15 minutes, 15 minutes, like I've been doing a lot lately. And the first 15 minutes, I was doing seven strokes. I breathe on my right side, seven strokes. It's really 14, 15 strokes if you count both arms. Crossing the pool. And I'm uh, really efficient at that. And I'm just gliding through the water. But you can only go so fast, swimming easy, uh, breathing on one side, continuously on one side. It's kind of like a car that's got that's been in an accident and the frame's bent a little bit <laughs> so it's crabbing down the down the road just a tiny little bit it's kind of like riding a bike in a crosswind and then also with your with one window down all the time so you can breathe and no matter how fast and good you get at it you can actually only go this guy's in reverse don't run over me you can only go so fast it's like you can soup up a a pickup truck, but a pickup truck can only go so fast. You want to go really fast, you need a sports car. And bilateral breathing, um, your head's down a little bit more often. It's the breathing. It's it's having to twist your body to breathe that um, continuously on one side that uh, is a messes up your streamline. If you didn't have to to not to if you didn't have to uh poke your mouth out on the same side you start getting all torqued and you get overdeveloped on one side underdeveloped on the other you start getting out of streamline you're not as straight as you could be where breathing on both sides teaches you to get really straight and then you statistically spend you know 20 percent more time or something like that with your head down uh instead of breathing and so I was swimming on my second set of 15 minutes and most of the way through, I had about five minutes left maybe. I thought, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna swim bilateral. <laughs> I breathe on both sides. And I do it on occasion and I'm okay at it. Uh, I can breathe on my left side when I need to, like once. But then once I start doing uh, it for a long time, it gets, difficult um, especially if I try to breathe just on my left side I start getting all out of balance and uh, wackadoodle and it exhausts me and I'm very inefficient I start flopping around and I feel like I'm learning to swim all over again and but anyway I did it for the five minutes and then I thought you know what I'm going to do it for the next whole 15 minute block and I've got four of these 15 minute blocks I like to swim for an hour and I did, and it was a struggle. And I remember at the end of that 15-minute block, 
I was, <laughs> I was like, ah, this is, uh, it was way more tired than I usually am, but it's not tired from effort. It's tired from just body confusion, you know, uh, just trying to do something different. And, but I was in a weird way. I was kind of enjoying it. And so I continued, I took a little break, sip of fuel, uh, water, you know, uh, readjust my swim cap. And then I buckled down for the next 15 minutes. And about halfway through that last 15 minutes, um, my body finally gave in and quit fighting it and just, just started, it figured out the most efficient way to do bilateral breathing. And I'm gonna tell you, it's there's a lot going on there that's different. Uh, so you you just have to let your body like settle and find its way. And while, when when it happened, it reminded me about how zen this all is because um, transcending your struggles and becoming quote unquote enlightened and um, finally getting it. You have to let go of the struggle. You have to let go of things. You have to see the world a different way, that the world continues on with, with or without you and to quit fighting it. When you're a surfer, you learn to quit fighting the ocean. You go with the current when you can and then you ride to get you sucked out and then you ride the waves in to get back in and you just keep repeating out and in, out and in like that. And quit fighting the ocean. Quit trying to swim against the current and swim into the, the bigger waves. You wait till the waves calm down and then you let the current suck you out. It's really cool. But you have to give up and then get lazy in a weird way and just decide to quit struggling so hard. So when you're um, when you're doing this swimming, what I realized was I eventually quit. I I said at one point I said to myself, quit trying to you know count strokes, get to the other side, just relax, and however fast you go is how fast you go. That was one factor. Just do it right, and then however fast you go is however fast you go. That, try, not trying to get to the end, but being in the moment instead, uh, which is a very Zen thing, uh, was step one. And then I noticed that my breathing changed. And I would take a breath, hold my breath, I'd take a big breath, and then hold my breath for a moment and then slowly let it out gradually out my nose and mouth as needed and there was something about that that the timing of that um, was much more relaxing and and better than whatever I was doing before so there was a lot of the breathing timing um, that suddenly became natural and also see some people got in the lane next to me that was a little distracting I think that probably that happened right around the same time so I wonder if being distracted and not trying so hard not focusing so hard on what I was doing also helped and also I had the beep timer turned off so I could just do my thing and I was well fueled and it was just all around just uh at some oh and I was getting close to the end and um, I said well whatever happens happens and yeah, you just relax and then you get this confidence in what you're doing. And I think the other thing was is that it settled my kick. So I wasn't kicking, fighting and twisting so much. 
and it just all relaxed and it ended up being the exact same pace <laughs> as when I was swimming easy uh, breathing single side so the so basically more than the last 30 minutes so the last first 25 minutes I swam single side last 35 minutes I swam bilateral and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do that a whole lot more this was my last swim for a, over a week I'm not gonna be able to swim again for a while because we're at camp oh some in a river but it was um it's really cool I listened to a Zen podcast a Dharma talk is what they call it uh, this morning getting up early listen to that and then uh, listen to lo-fi samurai um, channel I made on uh, Pandora I recommend it lo-fi samurai is a band I think and you pick them and then it makes a it picks a whole bunch of music based on that in Pandora and then got out of the water and was listening to the rest of a uh, Dharma talk and it was basically the same stuff it was like quit fighting the system and just relax and you gotta you gotta pay attention and figure out the goal of a workout that is manageable. You know, is it just count your strokes when you cross the pool? And when that doesn't work, is it um, what was the other thing? Uh, just swim bilateral, and then figure out what this guy's about to rear end a phone pole. And um, speaking of surfers, this guy. Uh, just moved here he had surfboard pads on his car and I was like oh, are you surfer and he's like well I was but I moved here from California I guess I think he was in the military and uh, I can't surf anymore and I go dude I one of my best friends almost failed out of high school for surfing too much here <laughs> you can surf here he's like really that's cool uh, anyway um, letting go and then settling in and focusing on the right target so for me an exhausting target is uh, trying to sometimes is trying to keep up a pace or you can ask yourself it was maybe it was the pace I was trying to keep up you know um trying to keep on that timer was uh just too much but you know what's weird is when you're failing it's letting you know failure 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 <laughs> every hundred yards if you're missing the timer you're missing the beep failure you failed and that's not good for you psychologically sometimes you got to be able to turn that off and then work on something you can control, like proper arm entry, you know, and whatever the time is, or breathing on the left side and stroke, stroke, right side, stroke, stroke. That's something you can actually really control and quit focusing on the results. All right, that's it. I got to go in to W to the ERK. I got a wet towel I need to dry out. And my car smells musty. Oh, excuse me. And I got a meeting in 30 minutes. Out, bang. All right, we are <laughs> in the rain in the Ozark Mountains in Arkansas. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, we're camping, Boy Scout Troop summer camp, and um, it's been wonderful. Just, uh, we're in a rainstorm, so I thought I would record it because I'm by myself here for a minute. You hear the rain. But the Boy Scouts for summer camp traditionally still camp in um, big canvas tents. It's like two people to a tent on cots on wooden platforms. It's very old school military. Um, it's very, very cool, actually. And uh, I 
feel like I'm my dad in Vietnam in the 60s. Cause that's when these tents are probably from. These tents could be from the 50s or 40s, for all I know. I mean, they're new, but that's the design and the era. Oh, they could be old tents, actually. But anyway, and um, my dad would send back voice recordings, tapes to my mom about how it was going in Vietnam. I'm sure it was a mixed bag. <laughs> and uh, this is... Uh, very reminiscent because we're in a valley, heavy tree canopy, with um, no internet connection whatsoever, unless you go over to the mess hall, and then they've got very, very limited internet connection that I've paid 40 bucks for, and it only works on one of my devices, and I should have set it to my cell phone and not my uh, laptop, but no, no cell, no cell signal. It's a, a three-mile downhill drive on a muddy road that cars slipping and sliding, anti-lock locking up. Um, the, just the time of our lives, though, it's like it's awesome. It's hilarious. It's so much fun. Uh, we just went swimming in the river. There's some thunder. I don't know if you can hear it. I was telling the boys the story of Rip, Rip Van Winkle and the bowling pins, uh, the bowling greens. They had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> but that's the sound of thunder. Um, but we went swimming in the river, and um, our boys got troop. We got permission to go, and I recorded it as a swim. Uh, what is today? The 25th of June. So look for it on my uh, Strava. I'm Brett Blankner on Strava. The 25th of June. I accidentally forgot to turn off my watch. Typical. And we were coming up the the hill before I forgot to turn it off. But. Um, just so cool like swimming in a river one of the other dads said that uh i think we've uh this might be the first time a lot of these boys have ever swam in a river like growing up i was like oh yeah probably probably right uh, where we live the only rivers nearby are you don't want to swim in them and uh you have to drive a ways to get to a river that's swimmable and um it's special man it, it really changes you it's like i, I said it's uh, really relaxing sitting in a, in a river swimming there's uh, big bluffs overlooking the river big ones really close and it's just, you just feel safe and like like uh just chill there's nothing to do i mean this is it <laughs> when you that's when you feel like there's nothing to do uh is when you've finally achieved you know the end point this is what life is all about is actually um swimming in a river uh, with your friends and stuff and yeah it was really really cool saw some fish fish start pecking at you got bitten by some horse flies getting out there's a lot of bamboo on the shoreline which is cool found a snake skin you know one's that, one that had shed its skin in the river downstream earlier today <laughs> oh man gotta yell at the boys not throw rocks at each other <coughs> but anyway I just wanted to add that in to the uh, rest of the the uh, training log here. I'm avoiding running uh, to try to, uh, I'm avoiding everything. Swimming's all right, but it's kind of just piddling around swimming. To try to give my foot, my right heel is the last thing that still has plantar fasciitis in it. Right, right in the heel, it's got some heel pain when I wake up and walk. Left foot's good entirely. Right arch, it used to be the arches and the heels, but now both arches are fine. Left heel is good. Right heel is all that's left. 
and I've had to say no to going running. And there's a huge hike. It's a three mile hike that goes up 1400 feet. Um, takes a couple hours for a lot of the guys. And uh, I'm probably gonna say no to that because that'll inflame my heel. Bleh. But hopefully this uh, camping trip will be one of the last stakes that I have to drive to get rid of the plantar fasciitis. And I th oh, I got to serve uh, Sloppy Joe's <laughs> at the uh, mess hall, and I'm, it won't be the last time. They're using uh, the scout, the, the adults and the uh, older boys to serve food. So it's an interesting thing, like um, YMC camp, YMCA camp, sorta, but um, a lot of times you think of going to a camp, like a, a resort or something like that. They do everything for you. Well, at Boy Scout summer camps, the Boy Scouts do everything for themselves. So uh, this evening was the uh, time for us to clean the bathrooms. There's no cleaning staff that comes and cleans the bathrooms. They consider it good, um, good growing up skills. Just clean your own bathrooms. <laughs> so they clean their own bathrooms. Like I said, we serve our own food sometimes if we're eating in a mess hall. Um, do our own trail maintenance. Uh, something, something gets worn out. The Boy Scouts fix it. It's really nice. So anyway, I'm gonna get off the mic here and enjoy chilling out with nothing but the uh but the rain out bang <laughs>